Hello, you're very welcome into NCVI's Technology Podcast. I'm Stuart Lawler. Very nice to have you with us again. This is episode number 13 for June 2013. Well, our podcast is celebrating its first birthday. We're one year old. We started in June 2012. So thank you for making it a great year for the NCBI Technology Podcast. This month, Sina Baram concludes his demonstration of the accessible graphing calculator. Derry Lawler introduces us to the Apple TV. I'm talking about the PlexTalk Pocket Lineo. Sandy Tompkins is telling us about the StandScan Pro. And we catch up with Salim Rahman, a student of computer science at Blanchardstown Institute of Technology. That's coming up over the next 49 or so minutes. Enjoy this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. Well, first of all, on our podcast this month, thanks to those of you who got in touch, who sent email to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie following last month's episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us at any time, we love to hear from people with your suggestions, your comments, or maybe you've something you want to talk about on a future episode. Um, Tony Sweeney was in touch with us and said the there was an improvement in the May edition. Uh, he much prefers how we manage the opening of the podcast. No more music blaring out. So, Tony, I'm delighted and thanks for getting in touch with us. And that new format is here to stay. You'll be glad to know. Martin Kung sent us an email uh, to say he uh, enjoys the podcast, but wonders about a podcast archive. And of course, you can get that now by going to www.ncbi.ie forward slash technology podcast. And that also includes all our show notes um, from episodes starting from January of this year. Last month, I told you that our podcast now had a proper RSS feed, and you can find that by going to www.ncbi.ie forward slash technology podcast dot XML. We're now also in the iTunes store in their podcast directory, and you can search for NCBI to find our technology podcast. We had to make some amendments to our RSS feed in order to comply with requirements that Apple uh, ask of us uh, when we're submitting a podcast. So if you've been subscribed to our feed before, you may have to resubscribe again. Uh, if your podcast inclined doesn't work properly, just try resubmitting, or rather resubscribing again, and uh, that should be all okay. Now, on the April edition of our podcast, you remember we spoke with Sina Baram, who is a PhD student at the University of North Carolina. Sina was telling us about an accessible graphing calculator, something that I certainly found very interesting. And I told you that Sina had recorded some audio following the interview to demonstrate the functionality of the calculator. We didn't have time to play that on the May edition, so I'm going to bring it to you now. So here's Sina Baram with his demonstration of the accessible graphing calculator. All right, let's take a listen to this calculator. We'll power it on. Power on. And let's also raise the volume one notch. Volume four. There we go. Um, let's hit the second key three times and listen to what uh, the help mode is. Set second on. Press this key three times again to exit help mode. All right, so now we can hit any key on the calculator and it tells us what it does. For example, Y equals... Brings up graphing equation entry. Or something like this. Zoom variables. 
allows you to adjust the viewing window of the graph quickly. Trace. Displays graph screen in trace cursor mode. Graph. Displays graph screen in free cursor mode. And obviously you have standard buttons like... One, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine. Right, and other things such as... Um, Cosine. Sign. Tangent. Open pin. Close pin. Comma symbol. Log. Press key then enter value. LN. Press key then enter value. STO and the right pi greatest integer in arrowhead. <laughs> enter value. Press store. Press alpha then the letter. And so that's the store key and... Uh, some of these descriptions are being worked on, but again, the idea here is with a description like that, it might be pedantic, but it's important because it is what's visually displayed on the screen, or rather visually displayed on the key, and that's important if one is reading a textbook or a manual or a help document online so that uh, the same information can be available to the uh, eyes-free user than to the sighted user. Let's leave uh, help mode here. Help off. And let's go and uh, try to graph something, shall we? So we're going to hit the Y equals key. Y equals home screen. And that's a little bit of a bug, but no problem. We're going to hit Y equals again. This is, of course, a prototype. Y equals Y1 equals equation disabled. All right. So Y1 is disabled. Let's see if we have any other equations in here. Y2 equals X equation disabled. Okay. So Y2 equals X, but that one's disabled. And I know that I put tangent of X in for Y3. Let's go hear that one. Y3 equals tangent open pin X close pin equation enabled graph style is line. Okay. So it's enabled and the graph style is line. Why don't we trace this guy? Let's, let, let's see what, um, let's see what that sounds like. Trace. Replot equation. Okay. So it wants me to replot it. That's now no problem. I'm going to go to zoom. Zoom menu. And six. Six. This is it calculating, and then we're going to hear the graph. Now, that was kind of fast, so why don't we go to Preferences? Enter Preferences menu. Go over here. Graph navigation, playback tone duration, 2 seconds, 3, 5 seconds, 6 seconds selected. There we go. Playback to exit Preferences menu. Why don't we resume the graph like we did last time so it replots it? Zoom menu. Zoom box 6. Here it is recalculating, and then I'll be quiet so you can listen to the graph. So we heard a couple of things there. Uh, we heard tangent going across the screen. It was panning, or going across the, the, the speakers, rather. It was panning from left to right. Uh, the shh, the, the static sound was letting us know that it was negative in those areas. Uh, for something a little bit more obvious, something we know is is negative, something like y equals x, it goes from the bottom left to the top right. Let's listen to that to, to get a little simpler graph. Um, so let's go to the y equals screen. Y1 equals equation disabled. Y2 equals X equation disabled. And let's enable that. Cursor moved. Equation enabled. There we go. And then let's let's disable tangent. Y3 cursor moved to graphic line. Yeah, okay. Y2 equals X. Y3 equals tangent open pin X close pin equation enabled. Cursor moved from equation to equal. There we go. E equation disabled. Disabled. All right, let's go to zoom. Zoom variables. Zoom 6. Now, some of those high frequencies need to be toned down a bit, and we're still working on that. But as you can hear, it was negative for the first part of the graph. It crossed the y-axis and became positive, and so it's able to sonify 
that and someone's able to, to, to imagine what that graph might uh, feel like, what might, that graph might feel like or, or look like for that matter. There are several other features to this calculator like matrices, statistics, and things of that nature, but this is just a brief demo to uh, take a listen to some of the preliminary work available in the prototype at this time. Hi, Stuart. It's Derrida Lawler here, Low Technology Podcasters. This month, I want to show you a new piece of technology I have called the Apple TV. It's a great piece of kit. I have it on now, and I'm going to show you. Um, it's about five inches from left to right, four from front to back, and about half an inch thick. It's connected via HDMI connection to the back of my telly. And I'm on the main menu. I hope everyone can hear that. So I'm on movies. And I'll just scroll to right. So settings. So we can go into music. So I'm going to go into music. So this is accessing my iTunes store. And we'll just go down. Music videos. Artists. Artists. Four ten. In artists. All albums. Acker Bill. Acker Bill. Morgan Production. Bon Jovi. Let's go to Acker Bill. I should start playing very shortly. Now playing. When you wish upon a star. When you wish upon a star. It's the movie ones. Not going to play too long of that, and now I'm going to go out of it. You go. There's three buttons on the remote control: uh, a circle button which goes up, down, left, and right, and enter. And two below that, the left one says is menu and back. So let's go into settings. And general. In general. Update software. Time zone. Sleep after. Send data to Apple. Language. Accessibility. Button. Here's Delta accessibility. Accessibility. Voice over. And here's our beautiful voice over on, so we know that that. In general, in setting, in main menu. What I really want setting. to show you. Movies. Button. Is Delta I'm going to put the remote control away and take up my keyboard. I'm going to turn it on. Now it's on, and in a few seconds you'll hear the Apple TV saying... Music, button. Okay, we're on now. So. Sorry, I'm using my keyboard, and I'm going to go down now, Netflix, and enter. Now this is six ninety nine a month, and we suggestions. Recently watched, I'll go in there. So Miss Marple, like her, Little Britain, it's a bit, you know, Father Ted, Breaking Bad, Iron Man 2, The Blue Planet, Revenge of the Pink Panther, Planet Earth, I'm going to enter on Planet Earth, Season of Forests, Let's do the jungle, shall we? Planet Earth, the complete collection. Explore the world's most spectacular forest. Enter. Now, it'll probably ask you to wish to you know, resume. Maybe it won't because I finished it. 
We'll see what happens now. Here we are now. I'll move closer to the um, speakers so you can hear the quality of sound. The picture is perfect, if that's any use for anybody out there. The picture is perfect. It's full HD. And you'll hear Dave Rattenberg talking shortly. This is our planet's hothouse, the jungle, the tropical rainforest. Okay, Stuart and Technology Podcast. My email address, if you want to contact me, is Lawler Derry D. Uh, that's L A W L O R D E O R Y at gmail dot com. And we'll end for a few seconds listening to this. Many thanks, Derry. I uh, I love the ending to that uh, recording. Uh, and thanks for the demonstration of the Apple TV. We've just got an Apple TV in our house and we're debating at the moment whether to go the Netflix route. Um, we don't watch an awful lot of movies, although that might change if we had the access. So uh, it's a great device, though, it's even for um, playing music over your hi-fi from your computer. And this whole airplay thing is is really good. Um, so thanks a million, Derry, for bringing us the demonstration of the Apple TV. If you have a demonstration or a piece of software, a piece of technology or something that you want to share with our listeners, remember, send an email, technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. If you're planning to travel to the Site Village Assistive Technology Show in Birmingham in July of this year, a product that you can definitely expect to see an update for is the Plex Talk Pocket. Now, if you've seen the Plex Talk Pocket before, or if you know someone who has one, or you have one yourself, you'll know that it's a pretty robust machine. It's particularly good, I think, for recording. And over the last couple of years, Plex Talk have enabled some pretty exciting features in the device. Uh, when it was released initially, it was a book player and recording device, a daisy recorder. And then over time, of course, we had significant enhancements with the wireless functionality, which was built into the device from the beginning, but which was only enabled with later firmware updates. The new update to this device is a new piece of hardware called the PlexTalk Pocket Lineo. And we at NCBI have been delighted to receive a pre-release model from PlexTalk, and I have it here today to show you on the Technology Podcast. To feel the PlexTalk Lineo, you will think it's the very same as the PlexTalk Pocket. There's no change in the external design of the hardware. Internally, it has eight gigabytes of internal memory and it can also accommodate up to 32 gigabytes of memory card. It has wireless functionality like the old PlexTalk and it has a new online bookshelf that at the moment in Ireland we won't be able to use but the idea is that you can record or you can download rather uh, titles from your local library. There's also a couple of other changes, probably most notably a new text-to-speech engine and we'll hear that as well. The other nice thing about the new Plex Talk is the ease of use of connecting to wireless networks and I'm going to demonstrate that for you as well. I have the Plex Talk in my hand and I have it powered off. I'm going to press the power key to turn it on and um, it'll take... Please wait. It'll, there we go. It'll take a couple of seconds. The prompt voice is the same, 
but as I say, the speech engine uh, for reading text has been updated and it is really good for reading marked up text in um, Microsoft Word, for example, if you have a document marked up correctly and I have a sample document that I'm going to show you. So we're just waiting for the machine to power on. When it's completely powered off, it takes about 25 seconds. There we go. Uh, And when it's in power save mode, it comes on almost immediately. Now, I had a test recording that I made, and that's where I left the machine before I turned it off. So it's probably going to tell me this in just a second. SD card recordings. Test recording for the NCBI technology podcast. There we go. That's that's one I made earlier, as they say. Okay, now uh, the device is turned on and the first thing I need to do is connect to my wireless network. You'll remember on the, if you have a, a, the current PlexTalk pocket, that connecting to a wireless network was probably best achieved using the accompanying PlexTalk pocket software, uh, which allowed you to configure your network settings at your PC and then send them via USB to the PlexTalk. Of course, once it's connected, then you can use the PlexTalk in your pocket, quite literally, and copy files onto it without ever connecting again to your computer. Really, really nice feature. PlexTalk have made it a little bit easier now to connect to wireless networks because all we have to do is select the network and enter the security code. So let's go into the main menu of the PlexTalk. I'm not going to describe the key layout in this feature. If you have the device already, you'll know what it is. And if people are interested in a more thorough and in-depth feature of the Plex Talk and what it does, then I can certainly do that in the future. This is really just to introduce the differences in the in the pocket lineal. So let's hit the menu key. Menu. Online service. Use left or right key to select item. Press play, stop, down or hash key to confirm or up key to cancel. And you'll see straight away there's a new new feature called online service and we still have our nice little tone there until we do something. I want to go into uh, system settings. Bookshelf and system settings. There we go. Let's Enter, get in here. select management item. And I need to system. go to network. Init- delete. Network update. No. That's, online service We'll setting. look at that in a sec. Network settings. Network settings. Let's go in here. Enter. Confirm network information. Okay, so I need to... Um, Load networks. Save network. Enable or disable wireless network device. Wireless network settings. There we go. Wireless network settings. That's enter. where I need to go. Available wireless network. And I'm going to press enter here. Enter. So now the device is looking for wireless networks. Um, and hopefully it's going to find mine. Takes a UPC eight zero zero five two five disconnected. There is, is no connection setting. Signal strength weak. This is the new text to speech voice. UPC is the first one it's picked up. That's not my network. Let's uh, right arrow here. UPC one six zero eight two zero. That's not mine. Did- Stuart S Files Wireless. That's mine. Disconnected. There is no connection setting. Signal strength strong. Okay, so we want to connect to this. We're going to press the enter key. Enter security mode. WPA2 PSK AES has been detected. Enter password. No password. ABC mode. So now I'm in the. I'm going to turn down this a minute. I'm in the mode to enter a password. 
And you enter passwords on the Plex Talk a little like you would enter, you would text on a, what is now an old style keypad mobile phone. So uh, two is A, B and C, three is D, E and F, etc. Uh, so I'm going to start typing my password. And the first letter in my network password is the letter D. So let's just press number three. D. D. And you have to wait till it says D twice because it gives you two seconds in case you press the wrong key. When it says D the second time, it's confirming that that is the letter it's entered. The next letter on my network password is E. So I'm going to press three twice. E. There we go. And wait till we see it. E. There we are. And the next letter is N. So that's number six twice. N. N. And I'm now going to pause the recording because this will get very boring for everyone and finish entering my password and come back to you in just a second. Okay, I've entered the rest of my network password. Um, so I'm going to press enter now to confirm that. Enter characters. D. E. N. And it reads the password back to me. Five. D capital. A. Yep, press I'm enter happy to with confirm that. confirm entered characters. And I'm going to press enter. Enter. Set. Stealth setting off. Uh, I'm not sure what that refers to, but I just leave it as it is. I haven't had to change it before. Enter off. DHCP setting enable. Okay, we need to keep that enabled for DHCP. Enter enable. Proxy server setting disable. I'm not using a proxy, so we'll enter that. Enter disable set. Connecting to... Stuart S. Files Wireless. So it's connecting to my wireless network at the moment. And once it's connected, we'll actually be able to um, use some of the other features of the device, in particular the internet radio. And I have a couple of preset stations here for you to, to hear. And also show you one or two things in the menu that are changed. Connected. Stuart S. Files Wireless. This network will be connected automatically next time. Brilliant. That's done. So now let's go into the main menu again. And the very first option. Menu. Online service. Use left or right key to select item. Online service. So we enter here. And this is a demonstration online service. Online service. Please wait. Main menu. So this is what the menu of an online service might look like, and this is the demo. We can use right and left arrow. Search. Main menu. Search. Enter. Please input keyword. ABC mode. So if I put in a keyword, it should search. Now, I don't really think this is going to work, but let's just type something like um, piano. Okay, so we press P. P. And again, we have to wait for it to confirm. I. P. I. I. A. A. N. 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 And O. O. So you you can get quite quick texting with this once you just wait and I'll press enter. Enter. P. I. A. N. O. Is entered. Press enter to close the menu. Press cancel to go to the previous item in the menu. Okay. Enter. 
Uh, I don't actually think it did anything because this is just a demo um, bookshelf, so <laughs> probably didn't search for anything. All right, let me show you something else in the menu, which will be very useful if you get a pocket lineal. Menu. We go into system settings. Bookshelf. System settings. There we go. Enter. Select management item. System properties. Initialize off. Delete off. Network update. Network update. And this, my understanding of this, is that it will allow you to update the firmware on your pocket. So let's go in here and see what happens. Enter. You are about to start the network update. Are you sure? Downloading update may take a long time. Please use mains power. Okay, so it gives you a warning, which is good. We'll press enter here. Because my device is fully charged, so I think we should be okay. And it's now um, connecting via the wireless network to PlexTalk servers. And... Failed to log on to the online service. I think that's, again, because this is a prototype model, some of the functionality is not fully set up. Let's have a look at how this manages... Um, DLCX files and you'll get a chance to hear the text-to-speech engine. So I'm going to press my title key, which is just below the menu key. SD card. All titles list. And I'm now Select. browsing the SD card. Two. Drain the induction manual updated August 2012. Docs. That's the file I want. It's a .docx file. It's an NCBI uh, document that we have written for our training center. And I'm going to press enter here to open it. Spend with us on your training program. Our team are here to help, support and assist you at all times and if there is anything we can do to make the course more enjoyable, accessible or interesting for you, then please let us know. Now that's a document I was reading, so it opened at the last part I was reading. I can browse by headings and this document has been marked up. Uh, with heading level 1s for main sections and heading level 2s for subsections. If you browse in heading 2s, it will also include heading level 1s. So in other words, if you browse by subsection, it will also tell you when the major sections uh, will occur, which does make sense. If you browse obviously just by heading level 1, it will just allow you to skip through the sections. To, to change the browse level... Paragraph. Line. You use the up and sentence. down arrow key. And you spell. can also browse, as you see, by sentence, line, paragraph, word. spell, word, character. character. Level 1. And here's our heading level 1. Let's just flick through some of the options here. Section 2. What is NCBI? The National Council for the Blind of Ireland. NCBI is a not-for-profit organization which provides... Section 3. What is the NCBI Rehabilitation Training Center? The NCBI Rehabilitation Training Centre has been in existence since 1994. Over Section 4, Trainee Rights and Responsibilities. So you can see there I'm browsing by heading level 1. And you'll see there with the synthesizer, it doesn't, for example, recognise when it sees NCBI in capitals, it doesn't say NCBI. I'm not mad on the uh, pronunciation of some of the things of that synthesizer, uh, but you just get the idea there of how we can read uh, well-structured .docx files, and it will do the same for HTML files as well. And, of course, it will read plain text. Now, let's bring you back to the titles and SD just show you the internet radio. Web radio 13. Today FM. In the folder. Clicks with radio. So I have a load of web radio stations here in my favourites. It takes a little bit of time to get these set up. 
um, but it's it's well worth it if you're going to use this as a web radio. You need to know the direct URL of the stream of the station that you want. And there's a lot of places on the internet that you can get those. Um, there's generally, uh, you know, because sometimes uh, radio stations change IPs and things change internally on the servers. So sometimes the stream changes. So you need to make sure you have the up-to-date stream. Well, Team FM radio. So I'm going to open uh, Today FM. Today FM. And let's press enter here. And hopefully uh, it's going to launch the Today FM stream. And we'll see if uh, what's happening. Takes a couple of seconds sometimes for this to happen. Because when you're not using the wireless after a while, it goes to sleep. So now it has activated the wireless. And it's starting. There you go. There's Today FM. Now, if I want to stop that, I can press the stop key or the play key and I can go back to my titles and I can open something else. Team FM Radio. So here's Team FM Radio, owned, of course, by Brian Hartson, who's been on this podcast before and will be with us again. And uh, it's now loading Team FM Radio. Let's have a listen to see what happens here. You will take good care of me and I'll be your caretaker. There you go. That's Team FM. So very quick look through the Plex Talk Pocket Lineo launching in July uh, at Site Village in the UK. Well worth having a look at. And another great piece of kit from Plex Talk. On Saturday the 15th of June, NCBI were delighted to collaborate with the Visually Impaired Computer Society of Ireland, VIX, by hosting their annual technology event and annual general meeting. The day was full of exciting presentations with all sorts of new tech gadgetry, and it's also a great place for people to meet and talk technical issues in a relaxed forum. We'll be doing a lot with VIX over the next year or so, and uh, I do want to get a chat with some members of their committee on the Technology Podcast over the next little while to find out more about the organisation. If you want to have a look at their website, though, at the moment, go to www.vixireland.org. Now, on the day, one of the presentations that I was particularly interested in was a demonstration of something called the Stand Scan Pro. Now, I'm not going to attempt to describe it for you. I'm going to play the presentation which I recorded on the day with the kind permission of the presenter, Sandy Tonkins. So let's go to the VIX Information Day at NCBI. Sandy, take it away. We saw the Zoom text app before, which involves lifting the phone above your your target text and taking a picture. But that involves getting the height right, getting the angle of the phone completely flat and parallel, uh, holding it very still and then tapping, which is difficult because the thing judges, you know. It is a problem. Some of us have developed that skill. I have to say, I have. I'm really good at that. But I'm on an iPhone list for voiceover users. There's about 2,000 people on that list. And... I would say six of us can do it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has tried. Can't do it. So I've been looking around for how can it be done if you don't, and working on the basis of not seeing at all, so no clues, no help, no you know, bits of vision, nothing. Working on the basis of how you can do this, stone bonker, and it works. And I've found the solution. Now, there are several of these. Uh, there is basically a collapsible box, 
a cardboard box. So when you think it's going to cost somewhere between 30 and 40 euros, you think, what? What? A cardboard box for 30 or 40 euros? It has lights built in, and you assemble it very easily, but it probably takes uh, 10 minutes practice. Once you assemble it, uh, which I can do in 30 seconds, so once you use it, it's very quick, and you plug in the batteries, you have a light box. So anyone who knows anything about cameras, that's how you used to use for viewing slides and stuff. A light box, it creates the perfect environment. So it doesn't matter if it's bright sunshine, a dull day, if you're creating a shadow, none of that matters. So you don't any longer have to understand about light and vision, which is what you do if you're doing it freehand. So this creates the environment of the light, and you place your phone on the top of it, there's a little hole in the top, the camera looks down, your text is sitting in the bottom, it takes the picture, and it works. So I'm going to assemble it now, and, um, well, I, I'll let Stuart off, because he's holding his um, microphone. So I'll just do it and explain what I'm doing. But Stuart, if I can show you here, yep. this is it, flat. Okay. It's about the size of a sheet of paper, uh, you know, letter paper, A4, and there's a little cable sticking out, and it's probably about... Mm, quarter of an inch thick. It feels and like something you'd get a, c- a set of uh, CDs in for Christmas. Right. A box set of, of DVDs or something. Yeah, so I'll show it round to people afterwards. But it, it weighs uh, ounces, maybe four ounces or something. It's really nothing, okay? So I'm just going to quickly I fold one bit Oh, you can always be sure when you're showing something off. It won't work. Fold another and another hope someone's timing me and I'm just assembling here there's a little cable slides into a slot so you get um you get to know where you're what you what's working i'll show you in a minute Stuart. Um, until you've assembled it it feels very wobbly but once it's assembled i'll just show it to you there Stuart. there we go that feels it's very sturdy yeah. it's fine it's okay. fine it's, it is just a cardboard box so so when when people look at it afterwards they'll go hey it's just got it is a cardboard box Sort is, but it's a very clever one. Okay, now I'm going to plug in. This comes with 12 volts. There are other boxes on the market, but they only come with 9-volt batteries. And what we need are 12 volts. I have experimented with lots of these different boxes. What we need is 12 volts because it will work in all conditions. It will work at night time. It will work in bright sunlight. It'll, you know, it creates an environment that works. I am now putting in to onto the base of this... A very out of date uh, magazine on travelling with your guide Doug multi years ago. Anyway, I found this one. I'm just sliding in here. So, this is fairly good text. It's a sort of, it's not glossy. It will do magazines, but they can be iffy. I'm now digging out my iPhone. I recommend for this um, either Text Grabber or Prismo, two apps. In fact, I would recommend having both because they are, have different strengths in terms of formatting. Uh, if you think about it, TextGrabber costs about... They're both less than €10. Euros. They sometimes go for as little as 2 on offer, but they're between 5 and €10. Euros. One will be better for if you've got multi-columns, another might be better for another kind of layout. So it is kind of best to have both. I shall turn it on. 1412, slide to unlock. Text Recognize text. Okay, I'll just go back. Camera. Button. Now. Viewfinder. 
as soon as you turn text grabber on, because this already had a bit of texting, so I had to go back to the main screen. As soon as you turn it on, it's ready to shoot. I don't have to find any buttons or anything. It's just ready to go. I place it on the top, and on the top I've got some stickers. If you feel here, Stuart... Uh, can you feel? Yeah. They're like those stickers. Yeah. Now, the people who made this made it originally for businessmen to uh, digitise receipts or information handouts and things. So they didn't do it with us in mind. I have to say, it was a lot down to me. But because this works so well for us, I've been in contact with them, and they're now sending out these little stickers. But you, you put them on yourself because it'll work for different size phones. So I've got it set for mine outside of the case. Other people might want to keep theirs in the case. Other people might be using an iPhone 5, like Kerry the show-off, which is bigger. You know, so you would put things in a different place. So they've left them, but they're the sort you can peel off and re-stick. So if you make a mistake, it's okay. They're very tactile. They're about an eighth of an inch thick. So you actually feel where they are very easily. So I have my phone here. Viewfinder image. So I didn't need to do that. But... That is where the focus is when I turn the app on. So I didn't have to do anything. I'm just going to go. In progress. Right. So I just tapped it. Now I'm leaving it. It's doing everything now. It's going to do, it's doing the recognition. And I bet it doesn't work because I'm showing off. But here we go. So all I have to do now is a two-finger flick up or down. And it will read a couple of links and then hopefully the text. Here we go. And I'll turn it up a bit. Recognize text. Camera. Settings. Button. The 15th of June 2013. Preparation for a TRADF. Establish what documentation is required by the airline and have this readily. J airline may underscore request that a copy of the relevant pages from passport. Its pet certificate or official veterinary certificate is fax etto. The animal clearance center at the airport of destination in the UK before the travel date. So you'll This will allow for the documents to be checked and help to minimize any potential problems. The airline may ask the guide dog or other assistance dog owner to provide the appropriate guide dog or assistance dog identification card at the time of... Okay, so uh, it's not bad. It wasn't perfect at the beginning. I often find the very beginning line and the very bottom line can be iffy. That's software. That's not the the scanner. Uh, Prismo will do the same. Prismo Prismo has got a much more uh, intelligent... OCR package. So if you're doing a, a magazine and they've decided to put a headline in the middle uh, it, and it displaces the text, text grabber will have trouble with it. Prismo will work it out. So it's a bigger engine, it works better. But both of them are fantastic. I've scanned books, you know, all I've got to just do is the trick will be always to keep the pages flat. So you want a nice uh, book that's been, you know, well opened. But you can actually just turn pages, make it take again. You know, it is really works. If, if you just want to read your mail, there's just no problem. Um, you just slide your letter in. Or you can slide the envelope in to see who it's from first, uh, to first, you know. Uh, this really works. This is brilliant. <laughs>
finally this month, it's time to check in with another user of technology on our podcast, as we do regularly. Salim Rahman is a regular listener to the podcast and is a student of computer science at the Institute of Technology in Blanchardstown. I met Salim in NCBI a couple of weeks ago and started by asking him to tell us a little bit about his sight loss. I have uh, what's called uh, RP, which is retinitis pigmentosa. And uh, it's genetically, uh, it's, it's, it's genetic, so it's done from, I think, family to family, so it's in the family. Um, actually, I'm the first person in the family that uh, got this, and my vision at this stage, it's, um, I can see a bit, like, you know, I can recognise objects and people, you know. Um, it's good enough for me, you know, to get around. Okay. Um, have, have, have you enough vision, for example, to, to use, say, magnification on a computer, or could you could you see a screen if you if you needed to? Yes, uh, it has to be a very big, say, very about big. forty, yeah, forty. So I, I just uh, use a screen reader. Okay. So you, you've been using technology for for quite a while. I know you use iOS uh, on your phone. Mm-hmm. What what other stuff have you been using? Uh, I uh, play with Android. In my spare time, sometimes just to see what's going on there. Um, I was testing, uh, you know, beta, um, Talkback and Android, and yeah, they're okay-ish. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't ask a person to use it. You know, um, who's new to mobile devices or technology? You know, it's for people who can explore. You know, okay, and it's not perfect. You know, so. so if you're if you're using Android, you should be, as they say, an early adapter. Would that be? Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah. All right. So studying uh, computers, is it computer applications in, in Blanchardstown? It's computer uh, science, kind of, computer it's science. IT and science together, so information technology, I mean, you know. So okay. What, what sort of modules are you, are you taking at the moment? Uh, at the moment, uh, I was taking uh, programming, which is, uh, we use Java uh, language, and um, there's networking, uh, computer systems, which all to do with servers, clients, and um, yeah, there are the modules. So, so what's it like for somebody uh, using a screen reader doing computer programming? Is is that a is it a, a relatively accessible? Because I would have always heard, for example, people or at least some people I knew who were using computer programming uh, relied a lot on Braille for the accuracy to be able to check every single piece of code. Yeah, I I think that's it. Yeah, that, I'd agree with that. Uh, it is accessible. Um, you know, if you're using uh, say TextPad that we use, you know, just small the way we learned fundamentals um, we did use textpad and it was fine you know it was all text so in second year of second uh, semester we started using um, Eclipse which is the integrated uh, environment for programming um, <clears throat> so that uh, Eclipse is for the most part is accessible I'd say 95% it's accessible enough you know uh, there's some areas that uh, are not say for example you know if you want to write um, a syntax say for example uh, a line of code and you get suggestions now uh, I use JAWS, so it, it would wouldn't call anything out, you know, if you're stuck, um, if that helps, you know, that tip. But I think it, it is very usable. Yes, I agree, you know, um, and I find programming, you know, um, it's it's challenging, but it's it's fun to, you know, I find it fun. Have you had Have you had difficulties in college? Let's say accessing um, reading material, books, PDFs, anything like that. Has there been problems in that area? Um, books, uh, yes, because. Um, it's it's uh, there's no um, it's not a prop- they don't have a proper department for you know just to ask people to um, put PDFs into accessible format and now um, you know there's no department there but the the lecturers are really really helpful you know if you ask them this if this is not accessible um, they would kind of you know um, 
do something about it and trying to make it accessible. Okay. What what sort of uh, because you're you you have another year or another two years? I, I have another two years. Another two years. Yeah. Okay. So when you finish the 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 type of careers, given that there are, well, at least we are hearing every day, there's a lot of mm. IT uh, positions available. One of the few areas in employment at the moment in Ireland where there does seem to be lots of positions and mm. they're just not people qualified enough for them or they just, I don't know, they don't seem to be able to fill them. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- what sort of area would you like to get into? Uh, personally, I'd love to get into, uh, I can get into, uh, like, you know, as the usual, you know, programming or networking, but I, lo- I love to do something in the area of accessibility itself, you know, um, assistive technology, for example, or making apps accessible or giving guidelines uh, around that area, you know, at the moment, that's what I'm thinking, you know. Have you have you written any apps? Have you done any programming? Uh, no, I have not. Uh, just, you know, testing apps, you know, just for computers. Okay. But nothing uh, for pro- uh, mobile devices yet. Okay. And um, because you mentioned JAWS there a, f- mm-hmm. um, a few minutes ago, have you used the any other screen readers, the free uh, solution, NVDA or anything? I have else? used NVIDIA, NVIDIA yeah. And um, yeah, just to test if it was accessible, but it was the same experience, you know, okay. uh, with Eclipse. I have used VoiceOver as well. There's a way actually to read the context I was talking about, you know, uh, with VoiceOver on the Mac. Um, so I am thinking of um, using my Mac and Windows on it, just so I have, uh, you know, uh, both worlds, you know, together. Okay. And I know, I know that during the summers, in fact, we were just talking before this interview about things mm. that you're doing, and you like to play with technology. And one of the times I was chatting to you last year, you were experimenting with one of the early betas of of uh, the iOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, operating system at the time, I think it was iOS six. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that experience like from a, um, a voiceover user's perspective, testing out those betas and installing them, and sort of is, is there, are they a bit rough around the edges? Uh, they are. Yeah. I would okay. advise anyone, you know, if okay. they're not a developer um, and if they're using their device, a primary device, you know, uh, for everyday use, I wouldn't advise that because you know it's it's aimed for developers, you know, and yes, there is lots of lots of rough edges, you know. Okay. You know, so. I wouldn't recommend it. And in your in your class at the moment, um, Salim, the, 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 let's say other students, because one thing I always think of is how how high on the priority list is accessibility these days. So, if if your classmates didn't know you, for example, or if you weren't in that group, do you think they'd have any sense of accessibility? Is accessibility taught, I suppose, in, in colleges nowadays as well? Um, it's not in my. Um, no. it's not so. Okay. Uh, it's. It's a, if they do, like you know people are you know curious to see if I'm using jaws you know and they come over and use it oh it's very good even the lecturers don't know so I hope you know um, there's a way that all lecturers and you know the developers kind of you know some way to can to understand know, understand exactly okay. what are you excited about let's say down the line in terms of technology what where do you think we're we're going or what are you kind of looking forward to see in the coming years everything being accessible like out of the box I think uh, probably will happen in the next five or say ten years say iOS obviously it, it already is Android accessibility is getting there as well so we, we, we're going to have lots of options you know people are not going to be worried about uh, how to use it it's just going to be just you know <laughs> a normal thing just people getting devices yeah Bec- and it's interesting with Android, isn't it? Because in a way, it's so much more uh, open. There's so much more that can be tweaked. And accessibility, could probably, if we get it right or if they get it right mm. over time, can be uh, tweaked and changed almost instantly. Whereas with iOS, you have to wait until Apple are ready. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's uh, another thing about Android. Yes. Um, like today, something could be not accessible at all. 
Uh, for I'll give you a good example actually. Um, scrolling in uh, in Android uh, wasn't possible, and now they brought out a solution. Now the whole operating system wasn't updated; it was all just to talk back was updated. And and, uh, well, Android is something that we want to sort of keep an eye on here in the podcast. So I think yes. we might have to get you back in a few months <laughs> to talk about Android for us again. Yeah. Um, Salim, final question, and we always ask people this. Okay. Uh, what's the one piece of technology that you won't leave your home without that goes everywhere with you? <laughs> I think people are gonna be, not going to be really surprised. My iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And, yeah. So Fair enough. I wish I could say something else, but... At the moment, it's iPhone anyway. Don't worry, everyone. And you know, it's interesting because most people have answered that question in the same way, and mm. it just shows the power of the iPhone and of it the mobile exactly. phone as a as a product and as as um, a device. Exactly that we're using for whole different um, types of ways. I, I I see my iPhone as a, a small uh, what you call a piece um, computer actually. Yeah. Is yeah. So. Salim, thanks for coming in and no chatting problem. to us today. And uh, I hope we're going to stay in touch with you and uh, talk to you in a couple of months to look a bit more at Android. But for the moment, thanks a million for coming on the Technology Podcast. No problem. Many thanks to Salim Rahman there. Very nice chat. It's always nice to catch up with Salim. And of course, to Sandy Tompkins previously for that wonderful feature on the StanScan Pro. It's a, it's an amazing device. Uh, and, and Sandy did such a good job of describing it. Um, and I, I can see so many uses for a device like this because as Sandy says, it creates its own environment. Now that's about it. As we said at the beginning, it is our birthday. We're one year old and thank you to everybody for a great year. We're looking forward to many more of them so we'll see you in july and speaking of july coming up on that month brian harchton is with us to demonstrate jsay that's jaws and dragon naturally speaking until then this is Stuart lawler saying take care and have a good month see you